Welcome to the latest edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime with me, Marshant Kenny. I can't thank you enough for supporting the show early on. I'm having a blast bringing you all this content from the Southern Miss world. And one thing I do have a blast about is being a Southern Miss fan. I love our vibe. We all have this kind of chip on our shoulder. We all have this kind of us against the world mentality, and it makes us a beautiful, hardcore fan base. And that's why today I kind of want to read what I consider our mission statement. It's fantastic. It's uh, read this quote at least once a month. And it came from Mickey Spagnola, Jackson, Mississippi sports writer, after the 1982 football game when Southern Miss beat Alabama in Bear Bryant's final home game there. And Mickey said, always choose Southern Miss. Don't fight Southern Miss. No matter how hard you fight, these folks will fight harder. These people know sweat, they know hard work, and they know nothing ever comes easy. They are hard. I'm telling you, they are hard. What a great, great quote right there. Many of you heard it a lot of times, but I can't get enough of it. And like I said, I consider it, consider it our mission statement. Well, now it's time for the fan comment portion of the show. And that's a section that we call For and Out. Well, recently on Twitter, I asked the Southern Miss Nation, what college fan base do you like talking smack with the most? I had a lot of great comments come in, but I can only pick four because that's the name of this portion of the show. And first up, Kevin at So Miss Eagles 05, he tells a story. He says, true story. I was set up on a blind date and we were going to meet and go out for dinner. I pulled up and saw they had an Ole Miss alumni license plate in their car. I literally turned around and left without ever meeting. I'm way too Southern Miss to go on a date with a rebel. Great one right there, Kevin. Next up, at Democracy Rock. As a diehard Golden Eagle with an actual little brother who's an Ole Miss grad, I've been honing my Ole Miss smack talk skills for decades. Hashtag can't stop, won't stop. Hashtag go to hell Ole Miss. I like that. <laughs> Next up, Jason Bailey from the famous To The Top Talk podcast. Jason said, it's South Al. I could care less if we ever play Ole Miss or State again in anything. South Al is 90 minutes down the road. South Al is a manufactured fan base and through my encounters really hate us. South Al also hates it when we say South Al. And then he threw another South Al in there. And Jason, you know, you're my friend. I've talked to you numerous times, man. You got to stop at the South Al stuff. I mean, they really, really hate that. You probably won't be welcome in Mobile anytime soon. Next up, Blake at Southern Eagle. He says, probably the past 10 years, it's been tech, Louisiana tech. Just to let them know, win or lose, I've never thought of them as on our level. I like that. I like the confidence, Blake. Great comments. Keep sending them into the show, please. Well, this show is big with interviews and my next interview. I mean, it just... It can't get better from a football status, really. I mean, uh, one of the greatest to ever wear the black and gold, an incredible NFL career. Shoot, he almost he also played basketball at Southern Miss. He was so talented. He was a great friend to this day, still a great friend, a great teammate. I'm bringing you the one and only Adelius Thomas. I'm here with one of the best to ever wear the black and gold and a man who uh, made a tremendous impact on the NFL, my friend and former teammate, Adelius Thomas. What's up, AD? What's up, man? How's going on with it, Marchant? Long time no see. Uh, look forward to catching up. 
Oh, absolutely, man. I've been looking forward to this for about a week when we set it up. So, um, so let's talk about your accolades, man. You had an incredible career. You, you played in two Super Bowls. You won one, two-time Pro Bowler. You were back-to-back Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. All-American every year you were at Southern Miss, including freshman year. Uh, Southern Miss Hall of Fame, Legends Club. And every time I go to a, a home game, I look up and I see my guys name Adelius Thomas, 97, <laughs> at the Rock, man. It, it's just cool. So talk about those accolades because it's an incredible football career, man. Man, you know, it, it goes to say a lot about the team that we had, actually, more than it does about me. And you think about that, you had yourself, you had Perry Phoenix, you had Pat Sertain, TJ Slaughter. Man. You think about Shirai Gideon, Todd Pinkston, Cedric Scott, um, DQ, you know, the, the, the laughster, who <laughs> has not changed to this day. You have DQ <laughs> that was there. Um, and when you talk about a great set of coaches, Randy Butler, Coach Womack, yeah. Coach Bauer, uh, Tyrone Nix, I mean, when you just think about the the people that were there to help form you uh, into that, you know, Coach Butler recruited me as a tight end. And most people may not know that. I came yeah. to Southern Miss as a tight end behind Terry Hardy and Larry Johnson. Um, Larry Norton. I said Larry Johnson. Larry oh, yeah. Norton. Yep. LJ. Yep. yep. And LJ. And so when you look at that, man, and then you say, okay, you transition from that. I remember Coach Forbes and Coach Butler come to me after my freshman year and I'm in the weight room and we had never coached Dudley. <laughs> we had never coached Dudley. And uh, they called me out. One of them comes come first and say, hey, look, they're going to come to you and ask you if you want to move to defense. And I'm like, okay, why, what's going on? Like, why, why defense? You know, you know, you have T Hardy, you had the other guys. He's like, but surely, you know, I, I want you at tight end. Coach Forbes tells me that. I want you a tight end, but, you know, the decision is yours. And Coach Butler comes over and asks me about it. And, I, you know, it's something for me to think about. I'm like, okay, do we throw to the tight end? You know, do we block? You know, all those things come through. And I'm like, you know, you kind of control your own destiny at defense, and you get a chance to make a play every down. And so from there, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to defense. And from there, Coach Thompson, you know, who thought up all of these different schemes and – different things that we had, all the different stuff, man. It, it was just amazing that the people that kind of helped form uh, me into what I am, I got the accolades, but yet and still, I owe a lot of it to my teammates. Man, that's awesome. You're always humble, man, but your talent was unbelievable. So, but it all started somewhere, man. It started at Central Coosa High School in Rockwell, yeah. Alabama. So looking you up, man, you were you were all state football player. Uh, you were the Alabama player of the year in basketball, man. Uh, just unbelievable. <laughs> and you high jumped. I mean, you could just do it all. Uh, so talk about that, man, where it all started. You played so many sports. Yeah, you know, um, basketball is my first love. Um, that is to this day. We actually lost yesterday um, in our, I think, the quarterfinals or semifinals, my high school. And so. In a 10-year period, we won six championships, I think, somewhere in there. And so my last two years in high school, we was 27-2 and two and 31-1 and one in basketball. Yeah, and so like we, we, were, we were very good. We, we became yeah. very good. And that tradition has kind of carried of the kids that grew up watching it always felt that they could win. 
And football was a sport that I think 500 was my best year um, coming through school in small town of Coosa County. 94 and 95 was when I tell you, you know, in high school, you had to go was the B team. Then you had to you had ninth grade B team girls then the varsity. If you wanted to get to our game, you had to go to the first game and sit through all of the rest just to make it to the because if you tried to wait, the games would be sold out on a Tuesday, Thursday, no matter what. And, you know, you're not really understanding the impact that you have until you have it now because you didn't have social media back then. Because, you know, we look at a game and I look at a game now and we couldn't even take the ball out of bounds on a Tuesday night, taking the ball out. We was going against another team um, and they were 19 and 0 and we were 19 and 0. They were number two and we were number two in our, we were 4A, they were 2A. USA Today came to our basketball practice in the middle Dang. of nowhere. <laughs> Dang. So, Dang. You know, that was like, rock, rock. That, was, that was big time. And, you know, to go and be a part of that culture of the winning culture, to see a small town of maybe probably 10,000 people total, whatever it is, to see that many people packed inside of a gym mm. around kids to kind of bring everybody together. And it was amazing because everybody was just like family. You look at a story and it, it's a, amazing you got to that point, man. You're 14 years old. You're on a drive with your brother. A horrific car accident occurs, man. If you could just talk about that and, and overcoming that, man. Man, you know, it was crazy. Um, I was in ninth grade and I decided to not play football. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to play or whatever, you know. And so I, I decided not to play. I played sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade year. Got to ninth grade year. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to play. I'm just going to play basketball. And my younger brother and my sister are at daycare. We get home from school and my brother has to pick him up from daycare. And so he's backing out of the driveway or whatever. And my dad calls, I pick the phone up. I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, get in the car with your brother. He's like, so that you can watch the kids on the way home. You don't have to worry about the two kids in the back, you know, being a teenager, you got two young ones picking them up from daycare. I'm like, okay, cool. And I was laying down, taking a nap. Like I was just laying there asleep, get in the car and I go back to sleep. And it's an antique car, a 1966 Ford Galaxy, no seat belts. You know, that's the real car. Like that's, yeah, that's all that's metal. Them cars, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is all metal. Yeah. Um, and so we're driving and lo and behold, we get to um, a point where this lady kind of just comes from behind this um, big truck without even looking. And we hit her head on collision at like 55, 60 miles an hour. Mm, mm. And so I have the pictures from, from the, the car that shows like the hood is all the way to the windshield. Oh, was, golly, that's, man. that's how crazy it was. Um, I was cut out of the car, um, mm. had 400 and some stitches across my face um, from here, yeah. here. Uh, the staple had to staple his eyelid back on. Mm. So it was it was a um, a very traumatic uh, deal. And from there is when I, I said, if I was at football practice, I wouldn't have been here. And that's when I started back playing football. Man, that's an awesome story, man. Overcoming the car crash and becoming just one of the best 
players in the state of Mississippi. So that takes you to Southern Miss. Now, now I get to know you a little bit, man. So, um, so I'm at Southern Miss at practice in camp, you know, we all show up and I'm practicing and I'm looking at this dude over here. Who's just a ridiculous athlete, you, and I'm sitting there, man, I wish I was at athletic, but, uh, (laughs) people are noticing you. They're talking about you and you're a freshman in 96. I'm a junior man. But but you're one of those cats, like, how do you wind up at Southern Miss? I mean, this is a guy who should be at Alabama, Notre Dame, USC. Mm-hmm. One of these cats you, you see at big-name programs. I mean, we were good, but we weren't, you know, big names. So how'd you wind up at uh, Southern Miss, man? You know, I, I asked myself that question, but I, I think it was because I was meant to be there. If you think back to the hybrid position that I played, nobody played a 3-4 scheme back then. Every single team was a 4-3. Everybody's now went to this hybrid, okay, they're more athletic on that side. I'm not going to have a 290-pound defensive end. I'm going to have a 260, a 255 defensive end that can run. And speed is the name of the game. Back then, the name of the game was, I'm going to outpower you and punish you. And I was a little, I would say, I was out before my time because yeah, if you look 100%. at that, that if you have a guy that's 270 pounds that runs a four or five, you're not going to be in a six round draft pick. You know what I'm saying? You're just not. You led the conference, you led your conference um, with sacks. You led, you, you the MVP of your conference two years back to back. You was MVP of Liberty Bowl two times. You're not going to go to the sixth round. But when you only have one team that has um, this playing a three, four, it kind of out of sight, out of mind. It's like, yeah, he's athletic, but I don't have anywhere to put him. Yeah, you know, it's like he's too small for defensive end. He's too big for linebacker. Where's that twitch? You know what I'm saying? Where's that in-between deal that you have? And no college was really running that. And so yeah. I felt like, you know, and then I was from a small town. So nobody was really coming to knock down the door to get to Coosa Central. And wow. so Randy Butler came to Dallas County to watch me play basketball. I don't know if this is good or bad for basketball, but we played Dallas County. And he said they offered me a scholarship based on basketball because it was like, he can run, he can jump. He's athletic. We can always find somewhere for athletic person. So for a tight end, that's what I want. I want a guy that plays basketball, has good hands, X, Y, and Z. And that is where, you know, Randy Bullock found me. And that's how it ended up, I guess, I feel, end up going to just slide through the cracks and doing all those things is that you have, and most people thought I was going for basketball. Hmm. Everybody was shocked that I signed for football. And we'll get into basketball, I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody felt like, okay, man, he's going for basketball. He's four state player of the year in basketball. He, you know, saying won a state championship. Number six, we was ranked number, my senior year was ranked number 16 in the country mm-hmm. in basketball. All the high schools ever in, in the state of, uh, in the United States. And so, again, everybody was like, okay, basketball, basketball, basketball. It's like, okay, he's going to be like Charles Barkley, whatever. And I looked at the trend of, okay, I'm not growing any. I didn't grow any higher, taller than what I am. And I'm like, when you get to deer, you got guys six eight, six nine. I went, I played in the Alabama, Mississippi All-Star basketball game. Those guys were six nine, seven feet. And I'm like, you can jump with them, but it requires so much energy 
and you know to really compete at that level not that you can't but i'm like you gotta jump five four feet every single time and they're just raising their arm up just to get it over the top Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay maybe football is a better sport or whatever and so i end up signing because i didn't know that i didn't want to miss out on a full ride scholarship to southern miss in football Mm -hmm. waiting for basketball to come around and then nobody get me something in basketball. And so I was the first player to come out of my school that signed a four-year scholarship to a Division I school. And so there is no leadership to tell me, like, hey, you should wait. You should do this. You should do that. And good, bad, and different, that's the hand I was dealt of. I was a lab rat <laughs> to say that, hey, look, scholarships come, they go, different things. Again, different times back in 95. But you had the opportunity to go to a D1 school and play to live your dream out. And so you, you can't leave that on the table. And um, that's what I ended up doing. I'm glad I did it. I met, made a lot of great, amazing friends, you, yourself. I mean, T. Hardy, beat Brandon Francis, the Quincy Scott, like all the guys, Mike Reed, uh, Derek Scott, Eric Scott, all yeah. those guys. Like I still talk to those guys today. It's just good, good cats, man. All good, of them. great cats, good man. cats, great cats, man. TJ Slaughter, you know, because the Alabama guys, it's crazy because the Alabama guys really stuck together because I rode with T. Hardy. Hmm. I rode with T. Hardy back and forth to school because I didn't have a car. Hmm. And then you had Rod, was it Rod Green? What, what was the Rod? Uh, Snoop. That's what oh, was Rod Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Snoop. God rest his soul. Snoop. Yeah. yeah um, you had him, and then you had me. You had Mike Reed, and then you had um, the Scott twins, Eric and Derek. Um, and so you had Terrence Parrish. You, you had all these guys from Alabama. Like, we was like, okay, we Alabama guys, you know? Right. And so it was just that tight little knit group. And that is the group that really, I think, um, just kind of helped me out. Like, you know, just being, you know, from Alabama, being able to relate and everything else. So it was that home country, small town guys that kind of like got overlooked and everybody kind of played with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, and a sudden miss will end up being a great move for you, man. We put in that 3-4 defense with John Thompson, that blitz crazy scheme nobody was doing. And you're one of those cats, man. You can rush the passer, but you're athletic enough to drop in coverage. Not a lot of people can do that at your size. I mean, you were dangerous for offenses, man. And I mean, you had a heck of a career, but Man, one thing I love about you, whenever I think about you, A.D., I get a smile on my face, man. You you kept me – sometimes I'm crying laughing back in the day. You, you were you were a guy on the team, as talented as you were. You also kept the, the, the mood really light a lot of times, and I can't thank you enough for that, man. But tell the fans a little bit about Itsy Bitsy, if you don't mind. Oh, you know, they don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff, so a little Itsy Bitsy talk, if you don't mind. <laughs> man, you know, I have to give that – I have to give credit to that to Jerry Harris, Space Dog. Oh, Space Dog, man. <laughs> man, you know, he passed that on to me. Um, him and Ty Bower, you know, they used to do the itsy bitsy. So, and I don't, they don't do it now, but it was where you took the mascot name and you made a riddle of it at the end of the game. And so itsy bitsy is I had always started. It was always been itsy bitsy. Um Itsy bitsy, itsy bitsy, then you go into low down, broke back, no tiger stripe, <laughs> D-claw, tiger in the grass, 
<laughs> Eagles got that ass. Yeah, so man. We, <laughs> yes. so, after, after a big win, man, we we get quiet, ready for you to do it, man. Yeah, that was so best. yeah, that that was one. You know, things of like, okay, is he busy? Is he busy? Is he busy? And, is he busy? All the way up into it, I'm like, okay, then I gotta think of something. What is the mascot? What's their mascot? You know, you gotta think of what if they was, you know, the two lane green wave or whatever. No water wave in the grass, and then everybody say. Eagles, Eagles got that ass. Yeah. <laughs> I and love so, that, man. That man. was a, a great, a great way of just bonding with the guys and just really coming together to have that come and go at the end of the Eagles because everybody was an Eagle. Everybody was that golden Eagle. And so that was just one of the highlights of my career is being able and be honored to pass that down from Space Dog is what we call him. Coach. Oh, yeah. Leader of the, they want a leader as a team, man. Yeah. Everybody loves Space Dog, man. Yep. And then, you know, he became my intramural. <laughs> He's the intramural coach. Oh, you know, oh yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. The dog pound. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Oh, yes. but, but AD, I, I just want to continue. Some of these stories people can't hear or see because they just weren't there, man. Stretch lines. You know, when we're at practice, <laughs> heaven forbid. One of our teammates did something wrong over the weekend or did something, you know, that was kind of getting around the team and the coaches may or may not have heard about it. But, you know, every now and then, you know, if I acted a fool, somebody did at the club, the bar, where, you know, whatever right. happened. Right. You know, you, you did a lot. I did it too with you, AD, <laughs> out the blue. Everything's quiet as stretch line. I heard. <laughs> and then enter the story it's just the story you know yeah. is what they said yeah. that's when they came about you know yeah. they said let me tell you what they said what did they say yeah. uh, you know <laughs> the Quincy Scott Brandon Francis Mike <laughs> all of those guys dude to this day we when we get together they come out again they <laughs> always who is they I don't know I don't know who they are I don't know. So just, I got I got blamed for they 98% of the time. And, you know, I was we saying, didn't know who they were, but we but didn't know who they we were. Know. You know, but because I started they, anytime somebody wanted to just say anything and they say they, it's AD said. I've, I've, I've been, you know, associated with the word they. And I'm like, I would say, you know, I would take 65% of the day. I will, you know, I would take ownership of that. But the other 35% was not me. And right. I mean, people would use that because they're like, well, we know AD going to get it. Wow. And so then, you know, the jokes didn't come out. You know, I heard y'all got to watch, you know, who you're kissing around here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just something. It's something you heard. Something. It's always something. It was always Man. something going on. Is yeah. So Ed, you, you're so talented with everything you do, and I mean, you you do a one of a kind thing. You're playing football at Southern Miss, making a huge impact. But man, the men's basketball team needs you, and you're not just a, <laughs> another player for them. I mean, dude, you're you're getting serious playing time. I went to all the games. I saw you. So man, how was that playing both sports? How did you do it? You know, James Green allowed me to uh, come out there and play basketball. And I had a, a, one of the best times of my life, man. Because first of all, I love basketball. 
And you had Clearly. Coach, <laughs> yeah, Coach Norwood and Coach Rome, who's there now, I think as an assistant coach. I think he's back there. <laughs> and so, man, I remember coming in and seeing those guys and being a part of it. And I would tell you, James Green practice was harder than football practice, hands down. I- I believe Hands down. <laughs> he was a tough guy that just really believed in discipline. And I think coach Turk had been there. What? 32 years. Yes. Turk last year was 96. And then James green came right in 97 after that. So those are two hard nosed cats right there, man. <laughs> right. And but so but James coach dreams. <laughs> so coach Turk would not allow football players to play basketball. Yep. And so that's why I didn't play the first year. And then coach green came and then he would. And I, I never forget that we're playing the Cincinnati Bearcats, um, me and Pedro Phillips. Mm. And, you know, the Bearcats was everything then. You know, that's that's Kenyon Martin, too. Wasn't that Kenyon, nice? Yeah. Kenyon Martin, you had Danny yeah. Fortson, you had all those guys. And I remember um, the guys were kind of playing very soft, scared. And for me, Basketball was my thing. Like, yeah. I love, like, all these people, they came here to see me. They didn't come to see Cincinnati, you know. Like, <laughs> they came to see me as far as I'm concerned. Because I did, I did. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, you know, we're we're in Cincinnati. And Pedro, me and they are pressing us. And they're doing this and they're doing that. And me and Pedro get in the game. And we have the ball. And we take off. We go down. Doing, I get a dunk. I jump half from half court, pass the ball, go down. I dunk, boom, whatever, come back. And, you know, we're playing. Like, we're playing. We're in the game. We're, we're everything. And halftime comes, and I, I never forget this. And everybody knows James Green voice. I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a board, right? And so we're all sitting there. It's a board. He says, A.D., Pedro. <laughs> he underlined my name like five our names like five or six times. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. At least <laughs> y'all two aren't scared to go out there and play. <laughs> the rest of y'all, I'm gonna leave the rest of it off. <laughs> that's a man. That's a perfect James Green, too. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Man. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Oh but- man, that was great, dude. It was one of the best. Man, I, I mean, I love James Green because he was hard-nosed. He was old school. Yep. And he loved fundamental basketball. And so for him, you know, he was the judge. He would have the ball. He would toss it up like this. He was like, this is the courtroom. <laughs> and I'm the judge. <laughs> you going to run to I say stop. <laughs> <laughs> man uh, oh, oh I, I, man that was that was hilarious dog that was that was oh, great coach time. green could have come over and coach football anytime man he, he oh, was yes, a football coach coach oh, yeah. man that's awesome man but yeah like i said you were you were such a dang stud you were good enough to play men's basketball at southern miss i mean you could probably wind up with the track team ad but man there was you being so good at basketball it was one thing that i consider very unfair to this day so I was in a fraternity cap of SIG over there. You know, we played intramurals and what have you. And our A team was in the intramural basketball league. Well, mm-hmm. the football players decided to get a team together called the Dog, Dog Pound. Pound. 
And I mean, the dog pound could have played against a men's basketball team and given them a run, if you ask me. I agree with that. Dude, you, you Alabama player of the year basketball, Sertan was, could play with anybody. Yes. Uh, I mean, and y'all are playing against the, the front row. I mean, there were some beatdowns, AD. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> there were some yeah, games that hey, was Larry Watts. Up. Yeah, Larry Watts. Larry Watts. Brad Stabler. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about talent, man. How how was that dog pound thing, though, man? Because that was one of the coolest. I got to watch y'all, man. It was so much fun. Listen, <laughs> it was so funny because Jerry and Tybo, Tybo, well, they recruited me, right? T Hardy, because I rolled with T Hardy, because T Hardy was on the team, whatever. You, you had to make the team. It was legit. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I got an at large bid. We had an at large bid. Me, Todd Pinkston, Shirai Giddy. They picked us up. You remember it was Thug Life with D Heard. D Heard, yeah. Big Baby, all of those guys. So they that had was a prior team. to Dog Pound. Yeah, but so when Dog Pound came and Thug Life came, like when we played against each other in the pain center. That's right. It was, yeah, it was same time, same time. Yeah, it was dude, nuts. It would be, yep. okay. it would be yep. crazy with all the fans out there yep. because, you know, you had to go back and forth or whatever. And so it was always a great matchup with passing them. And so I remember we had went to, um, we were at the sports arena, you know, when it rained, sometimes we went to the sports arena. Old sports arena, yep, yep. Old sports arena. And I jumped. I jumped in the sports arena because the goal was up or whatever it was, but I could still jump and touch the net. And the guy, Space Dog said, ooh, time boy, I think we got us wet and Just like Space Dog. Yeah, it? that's how Space, <laughs> and I talked to Space Dog last week, actually. That's how crazy it is. Yeah, but yes, Space Dog, that's how I ended up being in there. And everybody name had to be in with Dog. Now, yeah, <laughs> right there. And so my name was not really a dog. <laughs> that was my interview. That's funny. Because I think T Hardy was big dog and somebody else or whatever. And I was like, okay, then not really a dog. And that's what I, that was my that was my name for my that, that, that's perfect for you. I always had a little comedy flair to it. Though, <laughs> People ask me all the time, what do you miss most about football? This or that. I, I, I miss Van Hall. I miss the guys. I mean, if people would have seen what happened behind those walls, yeah, you know, it was bonding though, man. You know, it was just, it, it's something you just can't put a, a price tag on. And, you know, I hate how athletic dorms aren't around anymore because I mean, I, I miss Van Hall, man. I do more than anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because dude, just think about if you went back now, if you could go back now to Van Hall to athletic dorm and in the lobby you have, the legends of Van Hall or whatever it is that's up and you could talk to the guys and, you know, but you, you don't get that anymore. So, you know, again, Van Hall was uh special, you know, all of the, the things that transpired there of the bonding and um, going out and doing the, the cookouts, all those things, yeah. all of those things, man, were always um, a great way of bonding. And so I, I truly hate that we have, we miss that. we, um, we don't have a chance to, you know, kids don't have a chance to partake in that now, but, you know, um, but that's one of the fun times you think about yeah. Van Hall is be five for life, you know, that's it, man. That's it. <laughs> so that's it, man. But so, yeah, just great stories. Thanks for sharing all those AD and, uh, kind of getting back on the football field, man. So I, people forget how good we were, you know, 
99 is your senior year. By that time, from your freshman to your senior year, man, you only lost two conference games. I mean, people just don't understand how good we were and how good you were. At that point, you're back-to-back conference. You'll say uh, defensive player of the year. You're All-American. Um, man, any games, anything in particular that really stick out to you during kind of that, maybe more your junior, senior year. I'd left 97. Mm-hmm. Your junior, senior year, maybe – that really stick out because we we were on the map in college football. We were the best G5 program, period. Well, you know, I think that the, the thing that stuck out was the guy's willingness to kind of be unselfish, you know, of we had all these different blitzes that we would do, um, guys that really understood what teams like to do and really just focusing in on the task at hand. It's like – sacrificing like you know because you know everybody wants to go out on friday night you know that was thursday night was to go out night you know and being friday you had the game you know you had the curfew whatever it was is that you know people really locking in and when you look at the um the last liberty bowl for us you know this is your last dance of you know look stay within who you are don't do anything more this, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was like, do not try to be somebody who you're not. If a ball is ran away from you, there's nothing you can do besides chase the ball. You know what I'm saying? You got wind back, quarterback reverse. And if you don't do it in that order, you compromise and sacrifice the defense. And that's one of the things that I felt that we did. We were allowed to really go and be who we were. Everybody stuck to their their guns of, okay, then I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to do. And when a play presents itself, I'm going to make it. And that to me is the, uh, um, I guess, honor to coach Bauer, Thompson, Knicks, all those guys, because they believed in the leadership of our team. Coach Bauer really met with the leaders of the team as I like, let us kind of lead and say, Hey, look, this is that. And most people don't know is that I didn't start the Liberty Bowl. You, you remember that? In, in 99? No, the first one. Oh, the first one. Yeah, yeah. 97. Yep, yep. Okay. So I, so I don't start the Liberty Bowl because I'm late to the bus. And, and that's going to tie into something great. I'm going to add to that. So, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go so, ahead. Go. So, yeah. so I, I'm late to the bus. And me and Robert Brown. Um, and so I don't know for what reason we thought the bus left at one time because we were just sitting in the room like we, like we weren't doing anything. We, you know, we was doing anything that was mischievous or anything. They called us and we were just sitting in the room watching TV and we thought the bus left at one time or another. And so we get there to the bus or whatever it is. And Coach Thompson says, I mean, I don't know if he talks to Coach Bauer. And he's like, look, you can't start it. Mm. I'm like, what? I'm like, you can't start him. Like, you can't start a guy that was late for the bus. It's just the wrong president, this, that, and the third. And, you know, I'm out for, like, one play. And, dude, I am hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am hot. I'm talking about steaming, beaming, hot. And, you that, know, that, again, that game was everything, man, at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, Coach Thompson, he laughs about it. He's like, I'm the reason you won MVP. He's like, you're so mad. 
<laughs> he's like, you know, you were so mad and upset. You just went out and won MVP. If I don't sit you in the game, you don't win MVP. And so yeah. that's his little deal. And so uh, we we have a running joke about it. Well, well, dude, I mean, you, you, you led the defense that day. I mean, a lot of people say that's the greatest performance by a Southern Miss team, especially Southern Miss defense in history. Like, we're in that argument. I mean, yeah. you were so good. You had an interception for a touchdown that day. And, man, you helped get me on a painting around <laughs> town. It's everywhere, man. You, you get in there, strip the ball. You know, ball comes yeah. out. I'm kind of in on the tackle. Perry Phoenix scoop scores. <laughs> touchdown is so awesome. The night's so awesome. They put a painting up. And you see Kenny everywhere. So I thank you, AD. <laughs> I thank you, man, nice. for, for that play and you all know, you did. That is, that's crazy because, you know, when I looked at the painting or whatever, and I'm like, why do I have sleeves on? I'm like, I don't wear sleeves. And I didn't know it was an NCAA rule that you can't show an underclassman skin. And that's why I have sleeves on. Really? That's interesting. Right? Huh? So if you go wow. look at the painting, when you look at the painting, I know I, I can I, picture it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I have <laughs> sleeves on. I have sleeves on because you yeah, can't you show do. the skin of an underclassman. You were a, you were a senior, so they okay. could show your skin. Wow. Wow. And so man. that's what that was the definition that was given to me. And I'm like, have sleeves. I'm like, I ain't never wore no darn sleeves. Yeah. I don't care how cold it was. I didn't wear sleeves. And they explained that like you can't, they couldn't even show my name. You see mm. my number. And they only still a couple letters of my name. Wow. They could not use my name or image for instead, they could use a silhouette, I guess. And that explained to me a why. Cause I'm like, I was like, I don't agree with this picture. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not an accurate. Yeah. I'm like, I don't ha- I don't have sleeves on. And they was like, well, you can't show all these different things. And so, and at that point, I'm like, okay, then if those are what the rules are, I'm cool with it. And so that was but- that was pretty interesting. Uh, I know you had sleeves on, maybe in it, man. But that that painting that's immortalized. You you are immortalized. That team's immortalized, and you still had more to come. I was done, but uh, that painting's everywhere in Hattiesburg, man. So that's something, you know. You you had a nice. huge part in, in making that happen, man. So you know your career at Southern Miss just it, it doesn't get better. You're one of the most decorated players in Southern Miss football history. You know, a lot of people say the greatest defender that ever played at Southern Miss, man, and I'm not arguing with them. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, so, but you, NFL time, man. Um, the steal of the draft, I still don't understand how you went in the sixth <laughs> round. I'm watching the drafts and where my, my guys are going to go. Six, how'd you fall so far? That, that that's a, You're a steal, man. You're a steal. I, 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 I've never... Again, I think I never figured it out. I've never, you know, again, it was that three, four, four, three deal. But, you know, again, you had guys that, you know, Todd was gone, um, TJ was gone. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm elated for those guys. TJ went to Jacksonville. I'm like, I know he's going to kill it down there because, you know, that's he loves um, football and Todd the same way. And so, you know, it was just one of those things where, dude, I, I was so, um, I was frustrated. You know, yeah. I was frustrated. I was mad. I felt overlooked. I felt disrespected. Yeah. So, yeah. Know, all of those things kind of, huh. you know, fueled that deal. Um, I went to the combine and I ran a four, five, three at the combine mm-hmm. at 270. So mm-hmm. it ain't like you like, okay, then. Okay. Then he performed on the field. Okay. Then he's an academic all American. All right. All right, let's see what, what else you got. All right. Um, he ran a four five three. What what, mm. what what 270? 
what so what is it that you're looking for i don't really yeah i don't yeah. really know so, <laughs> you know it's one of those things where like okay then cool it's water under the bridge i can't control it mm-hmm. you know but i was lucky enough like i trade it i trade that for a super bowl your rookie year yeah and so <laughs> yeah let, let, let's get into that man because because ad i mean you know six round first round seven round, you got drafted that's cool i was a free agent and i had that percentage of a career you had. So I was in and out, basically. You you got drafted, man. It's something cool to hold your hat on, but you should have went higher. There's no doubt about it. But, man, there's a documentary out right now, Bullies of Baltimore. I saw it, man. It's so cool. It's behind <laughs> the scenes with that yeah. 2000 Ravens defense. I mean, you know, you, for example, on it, but Ray Lewis, Tony Siragusa, Rod Woodson, man. I mean, just these legendary names. I mean, Ray Lewis is, is a hero to me, the greatest – middle linebacker I've ever seen by far. I had uh-huh. peanuts on somebody like that. And, uh, but man, you know, they still talk about it to this day is probably the greatest defense ever. How was it walking into that team? Cause they were special, man. You know, it was, um, I would say kind of, you know, a surreal, like you don't really know what you're walking into. You don't know because you're too young to know, you know, it's like, okay, then here I am. And it's like, I know I'm a six round pick and I know my chances are slim. And it's like, here you have a great defense that even if you're good, you can't get on the field because you're behind Peter Bower and Michael McCrary, a yeah. defensive end. You're behind Rob Burnett. He's been in the league. Like, so you, yeah. you're, you're, you're sitting there yeah. and it's like, okay, what about special teams? Like some of you, and that's what the coach like, some of you guys got to make the team on special team. I want to get back to one more teammate. Yeah, Shannon Sharp on, on that 2000 team. How is it being <laughs> teammates with the Shannon Sharp? I, I, I love the guy listening to him. Man. Listen, I call him Fats. You know, Minnesota Fats. <laughs> so he called me Fats. Uh-huh. Uh, so great guy, man. Uh-huh. Talk, can talk. Listen. It's the stretch line times 900. <laughs> Whoa, oh, golly, man. So you can only imagine. <laughs> Shannon Sharp, listen, bus three. I've seen grown men get on bus three and just get back off like, I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> like, literally, I've seen cats like, if you weren't dressed right, uh-huh. Shannon's going to get you. Corey Harris, <laughs> myself. Dude, Jamal Lewis, Ray, Ed Reed, like all of us. Golly, man. Dion was back there. You come on the bus. If you're not dressed right, I'm just telling you, I've seen grown men literally almost cry. And (laughs) I believe it, though, man. (laughs) It was just so bad. But, you know, I learned that you you can hang with them as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do and they respect what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And let's not overlook, man. You want a Super Bowl in that 2000 year, man. How, yeah. how was that, man? The confetti's coming down. You, I'm a Super Bowl champ, yeah. man. How, just what's that like? What, what does it feel like? Yeah, you know, I have a running joke. I told them y'all didn't win the Super Bowl until I got here. And so... <laughs> <laughs> we weren't as great at Southern Mister. you got there. I mean, you know we all <laughs> so yeah, you know, dude, I would tell you from a small town, Coosa County, um, guy to the Super Bowl. I mean, that is a fairy tale story. Wow. Talking to kids that don't feel like 
you need to be in the spotlight or wherever it is. Just keep your head down and work hard in your skill set to give yourself a chance. You're not guaranteed that you'll make it to the Super Bowl. You're not guaranteed those things. But to be able to go be a part of something special, to know what it looks like. like, And it's hard to explain to people that's willing to accept mediocre, uh, being mediocre. It's hard to explain and coach what you're looking for because they've only seen what is the best in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to explain it, like, no, this is not, oh yeah, that's okay. But mm-hmm. you can do more. Yeah, You can be this, you can be that. And I find it very uh, challenging to make people see that view because if you haven't seen it, you don't understand it. Wow. And to see it with Ray and Tony Saragusa, mm-hmm. God rest his soul, uh, Sam Adams, Michael McCrary, uh, Webby, all those guys up front, like, dominate the line. Like, mm. our rule was once the ball snapped, we become the offense. He's like, well, how do you become the offense? Because we're going to dictate what you do. We, yes. you know, we know what you want to do. We're going to dictate what you do. Right. Mm. We're going to take your will, and we're going to tell your coach, hey, listen, mm. your coach must really don't like you because he keeps sending you to block me, and you're getting your ass kicked, dude. He can't like you. Tell him to stop running that. You can take that out your playbook and go back to the huddle. Help him up. And, and dude, taking men will, it was like watching guys quit. You saw Corey Dillon when he didn't go back in the game. He didn't go back. He quit. <laughs> it's like, he I, ain't go, I ain't go back, back in the game. Back in <laughs> yeah, in the documentary what we're referring to, anybody sees it, I'm not go- I'm, I don't want none of that. So that is, dude, that is just one of the craziest things when you, when you see that and you understand that that is the physicalness that we, we played with. Up to 2006, man, Rex Ryan said he had never seen a more versatile player in his career. I mean, he referenced Lawrence Taylor to you. I mean, dude, you were making an impact dude. their games, which it's unbelievable to watch. You're playing cornerback, man. (laughs) <laughs> You're jamming wide receivers. You are the ultimate hybrid player. So I'm getting to a quick point here. One of the coolest moments for me, because I knew this guy, mm-hmm. is I'm at a Books a Million in 2006, and I'm looking at the magazine rack. And I'm like, at ESPN the magazine, I'm like, that's, that's AD on the cover of ESPN the magazine. It was a wild moment. I'm like, I know this guy. There are millions of athletes on this earth. ESPN is the outlet for it, the major outlet. You're the guy. What did that feel like being on the cover of ESPN magazine? Because I was like, I know this guy. This is great. (laughs) Dude, you know, I um, I never really thought about the magnitude of it. I really like, it's like, okay, cool. Wow. And I remember doing the photo shoot and they wrapped me in um, Christmas paper and did the whole thing and wrapped the football in Christmas paper. And I remember doing it a little different. And I remember saying, I'm a different type cat. Wow. Most guys can do it physically, but they can't do it mentally. Mm-hmm. And that is the difference I felt was you had a lot of guys that were athletic in the league. You got guys that can run, do this. But the mental capacity to go from corner to safety to linebacker to end to tackle all in the same series without going to the sideline and making an adjustment and the same call, 
and what package you're in, you at this, on this call, you go to this, being able to process that by the time they come out of the huddle, I didn't think a lot of people could do it. So you, you get the eye of one of the biggest franchises of all time, the New England Patriots in 07. So yeah. you go to New England. How was that transition from over there? How was it being coached by Bill Belichick? It's completely different. It is a completely different, I'm talking about night and day, because like you said, he's the Mecca, you know, he so smart, so well versed. He has this different way of doing things. Um, I also go from playing outside linebacker mostly to playing inside where I didn't, I paid a little bit of, but that wasn't my primary position. And he had Roosevelt Colvin and Mike Vrabel at both outside places. And so it was me, Teddy, and Junior Seau, God rest his soul. So we playing inside because I think Teddy might have been hurt or Junior might have had surgery or whatever. So that was our, so we do the cover of Sports Illustrated for that group. Me, Teddy, Mike Vrabel, um, Junior Seau, uh, and myself, we do the cover of Sports Illustrated. So mm-hmm. I did the cover of Sports Illustrated and the cover of ESPN, the magazine, in like a three-year period. Nice. And that's when we was doing the undefeated year. Yeah. So, yeah. You were part of one of the greatest teams of all time, 19-0. and 0. You get to another Super Bowl, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, that that Super Bowl will forever be uh, a scab, a needle in my eye. You know, when you think about, you know, I grab him by the back of his collar. He comes out. Um, um, Jarvis has him wrapped up, which he should have been in the grass because if somebody come and hit him, they're going to throw a flag. Mm-hmm. You know, you got him wrapped up like that. They let the play continue on. He comes out and, you know, the rest is kind of history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just um, heart-wrenching mm-hmm. to see it. You know, the anniversary came up and they showed it last time. And it is, um, it sucks. It sucks to see it. Um, uh. I had two sacks that game. Called yeah. Um Had a good game, but not good enough. Nobody mm-hmm. cares how many sacks you had when you didn't win. Yeah, that, so- that season amazed a lot of fans and me, man. To go 19-0. and 0, but that last one, you know, I, I know it's yeah. got to hurt. But, but man, you, you can't put a blemish on that season and, and you being in two Super Bowls and winning one, man. I've, I've never been in the Super Bowl. So what's it like, man? <laughs> but Listen, no, it, I no, it's, the confetti it's, it's incredible, man. I'm so happy for it. <laughs> wow. The confetti <laughs> feels different when it's not for you. You don't want that. You don't want that junk to touch you. Like it ain't because it's a different. It is. It's, it's definitely night and day. Uh, it's a, it was a chance to be a part of history. Uh, we yeah. fell short to it. Um, didn't make enough plays. And so, you know, you think about that, man. You you know, you think about leaving leaving the stone unturned mm-hmm. and that magnitude, man, is um, was one of the um, words. I don't think I watched TV for two weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You, I mean, you're you're competitive. You yeah, person I've ever, I've ever known, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't want to see it. So. Um, so, yeah. Um, kind of getting the New England Patriots too, man. I, I just got to ask you the question. What was it like playing with Tom Brady? I, I got to ask that question for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom is great, man. You know, a great workaholic. Um, there early, leave late, um, works on his skill set. Um, but again, he, you saw two different Tom. You know, I knew the Tom when he was in New England, the Tom when he went to 
you know, Tampa Bay to see him relaxed and kind of having fun um, was a whole different ball game because again, uh, that's just the culture that they have there. Uh, but Tom was a great teammate, um, did a lot of great things there. Um, you know, Tom was the face of the face of the franchise. I would say he's still the face of the franchise, mm-hmm. even though he's not there. And so I'm pretty sure he will, you know, sign a one day contract and retire a, mm-hmm. a New England Patriot, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and, and kind of move on. Well, yeah, man. So your NFL career, I mean, you, like I said, looking back, you're one of the most decorated players in Southern Miss football history. I mean, all you did, man, just something to hang your hat on, be so proud. So you, your career ends in 09. You, you've done a ton, man. So now it's a uh, business world time. Uh, so, man, I mean, you got your hands in a lot. And, and hopefully I'm caught up with everything. Tried to Google as much as I could. Restaurants, real yes. estate. And, man, you got the world's leading valve for fluid management, correct? You're the CEO. Are those uh-huh. three avenues still hot for you? Yeah, you know, uh, okay. the restaurants are, are hot because everything is post-COVID now, mm-hmm. you know, of all of the transition um, the whole Uber Eats, uh, Grubhub, you know, everybody wants to go. And so you have to do a lot of adjustments during that period. But, you know, they're in a the triangle area um, for the most part with Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, that little area is where most of them, I think eight of the nine are. Uh, mm-hmm. I have one in Baltimore that's steak and seafood. It's Grill 620. So we do everything from oysters on a half shell to, you know, porterhouse steaks on a, on a, on a butcher block. So, mm-hmm. But they've done great. They've done great um, in that the valve world is is a little different, man. It's 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 different because the time for people to make adjustments is long, mm. and everything that we made. Well, you know, come on the sideline. Hey, this adjustment we're making. Okay, cool. Adjustment made. Let's go. Quick, no. quick. Yeah, that is not, and that drives me crazy. It drives me crazy because it may be a three year adjustment period for someone to change their valve in their operation. I was taught that if you can take the football analogy of trying to pivot from certain things that don't work and apply it to business world, you will be so much better than the business world because everything in business is just, everybody's drags their feet and things that can take two weeks would take nine months. And I'm like, no, if it takes two weeks, then let's take two weeks, maybe two weeks in a day, but that's enough time to, you know, if that's truly, you know, time enough to transition from where you are. And that's not what you deal with. You deal with a lot of red tape and a lot of mm. other stuff that kind of go along with it. And so sometimes it's very frustrating. You'd be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, it's a busy. Yeah, it's a busy. <laughs> One thing too that happened for you, that's super cool, man. Your son, Devin, you know, your dream of, you know, Maybe your son lining up in the same colors you did in college. And you got to experience that, man, with him uh, playing for Southern Miss, man. What was that vibe like seeing your son out there at the Rock? Man, you know, it's, it's one of those scenes where it's like, uh, talk about something coming full circle. <laughs> you know, you, you have that, you know, he comes there. I do all the football camps when he's small. And so it's kind of like a home away from home for him. Um, he goes there and, and plays football and, has a chance to, you know, play at the Rock, the same place your dad played. Mm-hmm. You know, he plays out there and you can look up, see your name. And I think this mm-hmm. first year they gave him my number and I'm like, look, 
I don't, you don't have to have that pressure. <laughs> you know, you get your own A lot number, of pressure. <laughs> you know, get, get your own number, be like, be your own, develop your own identity or whatever it is. Don't feel like you have to kind of follow my footsteps, you know, live your life. I don't want to be a parent that want to live, you to live your life through me, you know, so, but he had, he had a good time. So um, he went on and left there and went to West Florida to finish up his year. And uh, he's doing well. He's preparing for his pro day or whatever coming up in March. And so uh, hopefully we get a chance to um, play on the next level. Oh, very cool, man. And uh, you, you stay connected with Southern Miss to this day, man. Southern Miss has a big uh, uh, fundraiser going on right now. Give Wing where you can just donate to whatever uh, channel you want through it, through the university, man. And it was yes. super cool. I was so proud of you, man. They chose, you know, these big names from Southern Miss, man. And my guy, AD, of all the alumni, <laughs> man, you get up there and, and speak and try to help to raise uh, money for Southern Miss. That's a highly you thought of around here, man. How, talk about that, that foundation Southern Miss is trying to do and raise money. Yeah, you know, trying to get the campaign where uh, the capital campaign of getting all the improvements. Because as you know, every university is you're trying to upkeep. You got things that you need from the stadium, from the sound system, all these different improvements that you're trying to keep up with and you know funds only go so far and then with COVID and all other protocols and things that went in enrollments up down and different people online and so you look at that and I think they have an event coming up on the uh on the coast um that I'll be a part of where they they do some um things black and gold on the blue is what they call it is one of the things um, that they have but the capital campaign is about giving and raising money I think we I don't know what the number is now. I haven't looked at it, but it was over 150 million that, that raised to, you know, do the capital campaign and all those different stuff. And so it's just a great thing to be a part of, to give back to something that gave so much to me. I earned my degree from there. And so um, I'm actually going to have um, uh, breakfast with the business department uh, next week. And oh, so very cool. Very I, cool. they got a team coming over here. They're doing some competition things here in the Atlanta area. And so, We'll go and, and, and meet with them and have talk to some of the students and hopefully um, listen to what they have to say. But again, giving back to the people that invested in me when I was young. Oh, very cool, man. I appreciate all you're doing, man. I'm a guy who bleeds black and gold, and I see you do too, man. And Southern Miss made a big impact on our lives. And uh, is there any last words for the Southern Miss nation, man, you might want to say? And Because uh, I know a lot of people are going to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, man. Um, you know, just trying to get back to some consistency, you know, and that's the biggest thing is trying to get back to uh, true support is going out there and supporting the teams. Um, football, hopefully they get back on track. Uh, got Coach Hall and getting those guys um, ready for a new year coming up. Got a new conference that we're a part of. And so I really want us to dominate the conference, get back to dominating our conference that we're a part of. And they can use all the help, just like all the people there at the basketball games now. Those people need to be and bring a friend with them to the football game. Uh, we look forward to seeing all of the people come back um, and spend time, energy, and effort into um, cheering our teams on, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, um, football, cheer, whatever it is that we have going on. We look forward to people really coming back because the university needs you. Oh, absolutely, man. Great words for Southern Miss right there. And so, man, I was, I was fired up to have you on this show, anyone, anywhere, anytime, man. And uh, like I said, you were, you were just a great teammate, a cerebral assassin, 
on top of uh, being just such a great talent, one of the most decorated football players in Southern Miss history, man. So thank you so much for being on AD today, and uh, and hopefully we'll cross paths pretty soon, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, All right, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs> to the top. Thanks. I had a blast catching up with the legend, Adelius Thomas, for sure. Well, next up, I want to share a story from a former teammate of mine and a great friend of mine, Kendall Dunn, and I want to get his title right. He's in the Air Force Reserve Command currently, and he's one of those hurricane hunters. Many of you know him. He's actually done flyovers uh, at the Rock uh, during home games. So, But his official title, so I got this right, Lieutenant Colonel Kendall Dunn, Instructor, Evaluator, Pilot for the 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron, a.k.a. Hurricane Hunters. Well, Kendall Dunn's a great American and a great Golden Eagle. And here he is with a great story from back in the day. Hey, Marchant. Kendall Dunn here. I'm um, doing some simulator training for the Air Force. Thought I'd give you my favorite Southern Miss memory. Uh, some of my favorite memories, man. We're always doing two-a-days. It was the hardest times, but uh, we had a blast making fun of each other. But my favorite thing, man, we doing, uh, we're doing a one-on-one -on -one pass rush drill. And uh, we had a brand-new freshman offensive lineman going against one of our big guys, Big Q. And uh, he got his face mask ripped off in a drill. So he looked like a big fool standing there with his helmet on with no face mask. And uh, they repaired his face mask. And again that afternoon, we're doing the same drill. Big Jason Hall came up, one-on-one -on -one pass rush, grabbed his face mask, ripped it off. We all died laughing. Uh, big offensive lineman ripped his helmet off, threw it on the ground, and was pissed, ready to fight everybody. But we had a great time. Um, proud of you. Glad what you're doing, getting everybody super involved. And uh, love Southern Miss to the top. Well, thanks so much for sending that great memory into the show, Lieutenant Colonel Kendall Dunn, a great American and a great Golden Eagle. Well, that's it for another edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. Thanks again for supporting the show. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Absolutely free and easy to do. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, what have you, please go ahead and subscribe over there as well. Well, until next time, as always, it's Southern Miss to the top.